This is Sean Granham, aka Sean Gran, and you're listening to part two of this instalment of Meet the Movement with Kenny Fresh of Fresh Selects. For most of the songs on the Fresh Selects SoundCloud, the stats, including play counts, aren't visible. What's the reason behind that decision? Yeah, they used to be, and I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I kind of found myself checking them too often and i think i was checking them so often because i was uh a bit i don't even know what the word is i'm gonna say insecure but a bit like sensitive or at the very least curious to how i was coming off as a brand to the world you know because uh as a record label as someone who doesn't create any music myself all i'm doing is dealing with other people's creations really the only way my my work can be gauged is by results you know so I, I found myself being very results driven and I kind of had to check myself and be like, no, that's not what it's about, especially when it comes to plays, because that's not even real results. You know, like who knows what that is? It could be someone fell asleep with a song on repeat and that counts as, you know, a thousand plays right there. Or, you know, it's a bunch of people who played it. They didn't like it. Or it's a, or a lot of the times p- things that are huge on SoundCloud have like a million plays, have very few sales. You know, it's a different audience between people who stream things and people who buy things but anyway so i mean just kind of like and and there were certain other people who would usually they were saying positive things but just it was just weird to me when people would discuss numbers with me it just felt so the opposite of what i was trying to do you know so i was like you know what like let me let me take it all down uh but then i was like well i don't want to come off as as like uh I don't know, like I am proud of certain songs that like have like over 100,000 plays and there's certain things that like I do feel like are notable and just to kind of let people know like we're not, you know, completely obscure, like we got a few things under our belt, like we doing all right, don't worry about us. So I let a few things kind of rock to be like, okay, here's like some, you know, that are doing well and you could just assume whatever you want about the rest. (laughs) But yeah, that was kind of the intention with that because like, because, I mean, yeah, you could just you could literally just go to every label's SoundCloud and kind of see, OK, how many how many plays do their songs get? OK, well, this label has more. They must be the better label. And that's I don't think that's true. You know, so I'm just like, all right, let me take myself out of the running. Like, I'm not even in that game. Like, you got to listen to them. And also, I think people and that's the one thing that does kind of feel weird about leaving the certain songs, the stats of certain songs up is because I think mostly people will will go to see like which songs are the most popular and start there. I would rather people just kind of just kind of click whatever. Yeah. And then really listen to it and decide for themselves uh, what are the best songs, you know, like I think because there's a lot. uh, Well, so far there's there's only a little, but there's about to be a lot from the label a lot of variety and different things that people that'll reach the different people uh i i I see a commonality in all of it and obviously i love all of it so if i love all of it there's other people who could love everything too but for other people it is going to be kind of segmented and they're only going to be into the low leaf type releases or other people are only going to be into the mind design and beat type stuff other people are only going to be into sir like you know there's so I want people to find it for themselves and not, and you know, let, let it find them however they find it, but I don't want it to be through numbers because numbers are so boring to me, you know? Yeah. Um, I like that you did it as well because a lot of people don't even realize it's just like, if you start a song 
that's that's technically counted as a play, which is right. not actually really a play. And if you turn that shit off after yeah. five seconds because it was yeah. awful, still got yeah. that play. Yeah, so, yeah. So um, you know, so a lot of so hype kind of generates more hype. So if everyone's like, "Yo, you need to hear this new artist." MC Joe Schmo and you're like alright and then everyone clicks that link to hear five seconds of it and everyone agrees that MC Joe Schmo fucking sucks he's still gonna have one million plays and labels gonna be like damn this guy has one million plays the kids must love him and then he gets yeah. a deal and then they put money behind him and then he becomes the man it's just kind of this like whole you know cycle of uh, of false hype generating and a real thing you know not to say that there are plenty of people who who have millions of plays on soundcloud and they deserve them like there's a lot of really dope stuff on there i'm not mad at anyone who's killing it i'm trying to get like them but at the same time i don't want people i don't i don't want to care about numbers as much as i do at least i can write it off as a business excuse but other people to be to for other people to care about numbers that's crazy they gotta find something better to do with their lives like they should listen to the lyrics and, and listen to the beat and let the music speak to you don't look at the numbers to see how many other people it speaks to you know yeah and the cool thing is you still leave the ability to like and comment which like when i yeah um when i check my my, my stats or whatever like that's what really matters to me right uh, comments is even more than likes really like if you yeah. like my song you can show me a like but if you if you really comment and say oh you know like i, I listen to this like well, yeah working, this is great or you know like this is a great mix good job like that's what really matters to me yeah but the comments the comments can be pretty funny too yeah. like yeah i don't know yeah. I, there's not this it's pretty rare that i get a comment that i'm like oh that's dope i'm glad they said that a lot of people are like i don't know any yeah it's like comments are their own thing yeah, I, I don't. I don't really treat my 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 page isn't a, a open forum or a message board. If you yeah. say something crazy like oh, I don't really like this song, I'm like that's cool. I'm gonna delete that comment. <laughs> like this is my page. I'm not just letting anything fly. But uh, but uh, but that doesn't happen too often. But yeah, a lot of comments are just like tight, nice or whatever. But like, but yeah, I mean that's great. They they could they could say yeah, I didn't want to take away like too much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know, but uh, but yeah, uh, you know, interactions are always uh, a cool thing, and it, it does help. And again, from a business perspective, it is important to gauge uh, interest, you know, and see kind of because not every record is going to be is going to generate is going to attract the same amount of people, you know. So it's important for that, but it's not. I don't think it's important for it to be public. And I think a lot. I think the way music is going would be a lot different if things like. Twitter followers, Instagram followers, YouTube plays. If you think about it, nobody needs to know that other than the user themselves. The fact that it's so public, the reason those apps do it is just so that it it drives those users to try to get as many followers as possible. You know, it, it gamifies. Yeah, and that's and, you know that's huge business for the people who own Twitter, who own Instagram, or the people who who developed it so that they can sell it for what they sold it for billions of dollars yeah uh, but i think with the effect that it has on people's personalities first and foremost is embarrassing just really desperate thirsty people like oh follow for a follow or like oh you know friendships ending over who unfollowed who and things like that my song or like I'll, yeah I'll, and all I'll that make shit. my song downloadable when it gets a thousand places like nah man yeah make, make it for the fans if you, if you want it to be downloadable let it be downloadable yeah and i see a lot of people like i'm i'm mostly using social media to promote and publicize my business so i have 
uh, a vested interest in the amount of followers I have. But even with that said, I don't place that much importance on it. But then sometimes I talk to younger people, like I have a younger sister, not really her, but like people her age, they'll be really concerned with how many followers they have, but they don't make anything or they're not selling anything. So I'm like, why do you, like if you got a million followers what would you do with them you just talking about what you had for lunch today like yeah. why they don't and they never even thought about that part they don't really know what they would do if they were internet famous they just want to be it i'm like yeah. you have a reason for doing that you don't need to make beats or anything so yeah anyways yeah that's kind of a uh, a tangent but yeah i think the the whole public numbers thing in social media, I see as more than anything a negative effect. So anything I could do to kind of, again, take myself out of that conversation and out of that numbers game and, and that whole system, like I'm all for it. If I, if I can make my Twitter and Instagram followers, like those numbers private too, like I would do it in a second. Yeah. Let's talk about the artwork for your mixes. So Marlon Sassy, aka Gangster Doodles, does the yeah. every type songs episode that has a guest mix. How did you come across his work and how did you link up? How did I come across his work? Um someone he did a piece of oh John Wayne. He did a drawing of John Wayne. Yeah, that one was that one was sick, man. He's done a few for him, but he did one, I think it was like the first one he did, it must have been yeah like 2013 or something like that and john just retweeted it and again it was one of those things it was like sir's album was like i went to gangster doodles page and saw his other drawings was like oh these are amazing and i think at the time he had like like 500 followers or something in the low hundreds and i was like oh man this stuff this guy's stuff is incredible and i and uh and i just started the radio show and i've done a few episodes and i was really being hard on myself and i didn't want to repeat songs if i played a song on one show i didn't want to play it pretty much ever again and I, I stuck to that for a minute but now I'm like that's stupid because just the way that people if people do hear it and a lot of times I'm playing stuff you can't get anywhere else so people do want to hear it again or you know not every person is listening to every episode so now you know I'll, I'll play stuff sparingly if I play it once I'll play it again two episodes later or whatever but at the time I was really kind of like uh, losing steam, I was like, "Damn, I'm running out of songs. Like two hours a week is a lot. It's <laughs> a lot of music to fill." I was like, "What am I gonna do?" I was like, "Oh, I should reach out to my friends and have them do like 45 minute mixes just to kind of take up time in the show." So I'm like, "That that'd be cool." I'm like, "Well, who should?" And then I saw his artwork and I was like, "Oh, that'd be dope if he drew everyone that I had do a mix." Uh, so we just did it. So I just reached out to him like one internet stranger to another. Been like, hey man, I like your page. I got this record label and this radio show. And at the time, neither of them were like anything to really, you know, brag about. And uh, and he he just kind of he was just super cool. And he was like, yeah, okay, I'm down. Like took like zero convincing. He's like, yeah, I'm down. He's like, who's gonna be the first one? I was like, I don't even know yet. <laughs> like, but I'll I'll get back to you. And then I then I asked Mind Design to do it. And by this time, Mind Design was already on Stone's Throw and was already kind of blowing up. But him being as like Ringo, uh, Mind Design is like one of the coolest people you could ever meet. If you ever meet someone who has something bad to say about Mind Design, that person is fucking crazy. Like they're a sociopath, so it's like an instant red flag. But uh, but <laughs> yeah, he's the only person I know. Where as he, I've known him for like maybe eight years now. He's the only person I know that as he gets more and more famous, he's gotten 
not only has he stayed cool, he's gotten significantly nicer and more humble. <laughs> so, like, I, yeah. I, I, I reach out to him and ask him for, like, little favors and shit. And honestly, I just, I just keep asking until one day he's going to say no because he's, like, way too busy and way too big. But so far, he said yes every single time. So I, I hit him up like, hey, man, would you be down to do a mix for my show? And, you know, he does mixes and sells them as tapes because that's how good his mixes are. Yeah. So he should have said no, but being as cool as he is, he's like, yeah, man, I'm down. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay, tight. So then I went to Gangster Doodles and uh, I was like, yo, I'm going to have Mind Design do one. He was like, who's Mind Design? So I explained to him. I was like, oh, here's, you know, we did a release. This is what he sounds like, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and I sent him, uh, then I went to, I tried to find like an obscure picture of Mind Design. And uh, so I didn't go to, his, I went to his Instagram, but I didn't choose one of his photos. I chose the photo he was tagged in. And one of the guys from Paxico Records had a photo of him holding a 40. And I was like, I know Gangster Doodles likes kind of that more, uh, I don't know, more gangster shit, you know? So yeah, I was like, yeah, because oh, I was perfect. like, I, when I saw the picture that, like, I was like, the artwork is dope, but I, I, yeah, what why is this from? Yeah, yeah. It's like, this is, this is a yeah. funny picture of mine. And that's why some of it is kind of, I was thinking recently that I should show the originals, because like when we, we did the one of house shoes, people were like, damn, why do you draw them like that? And I'm like, look at the original. And then they saw the original, like, oh yeah, that's accurate. Like, like he's not being mean, I'm just finding funny pictures of these people. But, uh, yeah, so he, he drew him with a, a 40 because that's that's what he's really holding in the, in the photo. And uh, and it just kind of took off from there. And then Gangster Doodles has been another one where he's just like, I found him early on and he's blown the fuck up. Like now Stone's Throw hits him up and he does artwork for all that. They even use the mind design uh, drawing that he did for me. They use that as like artwork for his for his album with them, and didn't even tell me. I, was, I had to find out after it was already printed. Is like when they're handing out promo CDs. I'm like, that's the artwork that I commissioned. Like I chose that photo. And but anyways, uh, uh, but yeah, he's blown the fuck up, and he's another one that like he should say no when I hit him up to do things. He should be like, yo, man, I'm way beyond you at this point thank you for like working with me in the beginning but like i'm way bigger than you but he is not to this day i still hit him up like hey if you got some time could you draw one like how shoes is doing a mix tomorrow could you do one like tonight and he's like yeah i got you like every time he's come through so uh, yeah that's just been another blessing in disguise and just kind of like certain things when you see him you're just like oh this is gonna be huge like and i didn't even it wasn't even about like trying to find someone that's gonna be huge it's just like oh this is great like this is someone who does great art super conducive to this idea i have i'm i need a series of people he's great at drawing people into making and i was kind of already doing a certain aesthetic with the flyers where i had a where I had different people draw them each time for the normal episodes and they were kind of more hand-drawn more kind of like comic because with the label are like a really clean uh very professional to me type aesthetic and so i go the complete opposite route with the tight song stuff and like i like i'm really dirty and handwritten and like the opposite of clean you know and so he was the perfect balance between those two worlds and yeah that's been just another like happy accident and uh and yeah it's been cool i don't know if i'm gonna keep doing those mixes though because soundcloud is really scaring me they're deleting accounts left and right that have mixes on them so i might be the end of that series but if it is, I feel like we had a pretty good run with it. 
I hope not, man. Hopefully, maybe you can take it to to Minx Cloud, but the audience yeah. isn't there. That's the that's the issue. I know. Right Hopefully, now. they go there because yeah, I post all the regular episodes to Minx Cloud, and Minx Cloud as a company has been super good to me. Like they've taken, like I know uh, uh, certain people who work for Minx Cloud have reached out to me and said they really like my show, and they tweet you about. You shortlisted, um, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I just saw that. Yeah, that's awesome. Like they've been super and you know, SoundCloud has never reached out to me because I'm super small potatoes to them, you know? So, I I wish I wish Mixcloud had the audience cuz I like them better as a company, but like from a business standpoint, I got to kind of stick with SoundCloud for like the big kind of promotional pushes for the time being. Yeah. Every other type songs episode has a piece of unique artwork from a number of artists. How do you discover the artists and how do you reach out to them? Because there's so many different ones, like Duncan Brazil, uh, <laughs> who works with Idol Dread, did one a couple weeks ago, I think. Yeah, he reached out to me. Like, so now, originally it was just uh, me hitting up artists that I know, and it was just kind of something that I don't know. I've always been drawn to because uh, I can't draw for shit and I can't make music. I just can't create anything on my own. I'm just. I, <laughs> But I, I'm, you I, make I, yourself I, sound so hopeless, man. Hey, it's true. I, it's cool. Like I, I'm, I'm accepted it. I'm cool with it. So everyone else should be cool with it too. Uh, like, don't feel bad. <laughs> I've been, I've been doing just fine, even with that <laughs> being said. But uh, you know, so my my talent more so lies in in direction and kind of strategy and and seeing certain things and how they could be presented and things like that. But uh, so I've always been drawn to creative people. And uh, so when I started it, I didn't, I didn't even, I don't know. We just did the radio show. I didn't even think about it. The first episode, I, <laughs> the, the, the like day of the show, I was like, oh, I want to promote the show on Instagram. How am I gonna do that? I don't have like a photo or anything. Like I'm no designer. I can't make something. So I literally just typed. Like I made like a black square. I don't even have photos. I just now I, fi- I figured out. I've learned a few basics in Photoshop the last like two months, but you know, this is last year. I just like, it was like word art. I just made a black background and just typed in like Helvetica, like tight songs, <laughs> you know, tonight at midnight X-Ray FM. And I was like, I can't do this every week. This is awful. So uh, the next week I asked uh, a good friend of mine uh, to, to draw something for me and she drew one. And I was like, yeah, that's dope. And then the next week I asked someone else to draw one for me. And then, and then people really responded to that because both of them were really good uh, illustrators. And, uh, and they were just like really cool, like handwritten ones. And I was like, okay, let's just do this until I run out of people. So I just started, you know, hitting up every friend I had. And then some friends would see it and they would ask if they could do the next one. It was kind of the whole my design lowly thing again. You know, I just reached out to my friend and then other my other friend reached out to me like, hey, can I do one? I'm like, oh yeah, why not think of that? Yeah, you should do one too. And then now it's gotten to a point where strangers like Duncan is like, yo man, like uh, I love all the ones you've done so far. Can I do one? Like, hell yeah, I check out his stuff. I'm like, yo, you're way too good for this, but okay, that'd be great. And then, uh, and then now people, are like they'll be just on instagram and they'll see someone who does you know really cool cartoon portraits of people and they'll tag me like hey you should have him do a tight songs flyer that's what happened with the most recent one uh this guy nick koza who's like uh 20 years old and lives in portland i still haven't met him but some someone else just kind of like found his stuff and tagged me and i was like yeah his stuff is dope i reached out to him like yo i have this stupid little radio show i do i asked people do drawings for it. do you want to do one and everyone has just been like yeah okay and it's just kind of grown and i've repeated 
I've repeated uh, people a few times, maybe even some of them like three times. But yeah, so far I haven't I haven't run out of people. Uh, so I'm just kind of keep going with it until <laughs> until I can't, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I might even try and do one. If oh, yeah, cool, maybe. man, like that'd be great. I like because it's hard coming up, finding people for every week. I kind of sometimes lately I've been so busy with the label stuff that like this week, like usually I hit people up on like a Sunday so that they could have it to me by like Friday night. Today, I realized like, oh, shit, I haven't hit anyone up for the artwork yet. So I reached out to a friend who recently did a piece on Instagram that I liked. I'm like, yo, can we take that piece and make the, the tight songs thing? They were like, ah, oh, it's for something else, but I can make you a new one. Okay, great. <laughs> Even better. But I'm, but I'm starting to forget to ask people. So, yeah, if you could do one, that'd be amazing. See, that's yeah. your answer. This is how I find people. <laughs> people yeah. offer. Like, yeah, that's great. Let's do that. I feel like this is art imitating life or vice versa. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, having so many things going on at once must keep you busy most of the time, which I guess is an understatement of the year. How do you manage balancing everything from the labels to the radio show and beyond? That's uh, I don't even know what kind of answer I'm looking for, but yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I got one though, because I think I think part of it is the fact that it's seclusion and the fact that I live in Portland and none of my artists do. So it's very easy for me to separate my life and the people I work with. Like it's all through text and email. So like if I need to get something done. I mean, I try to be really quick with responding to people, but, you know, I could turn the phone off. I could, you know, leave a email unread until the next morning or whatever the case, you know, whereas yeah. if I was in, say, L.A., where most of my artists, you know, live, they could reach out to me or they'd be like, yo, it's like everything would be a meeting. Like, let's get dinner. Let's go out. And then, you you know, it just takes more time with us. It's just like, well, let's get on the phone. Let's talk about it. You know, we'll catch up with each other's life for a little bit. And then we'll just knock out the problem and we'll be done with it. Then I can go back and get back to my emails or whatever. So, yeah, like being just like straight up seclusion, me being a homebody and like not really going out uh, is a big part of it. So, like, yeah, my my life is like the label the radio show, listening to music, watching movies, a little bit of room for like relationships and then that's it. Like maybe I'll go to like a party or like a concert like once or twice a month. But that's like it. I'm not really doing anything else like eating food and that's it. <laughs> like and then those things. Like that's my life. So it's just like just like tunnel vision and focus and uh and also just uh it's been a big advantage that I have very little interest outside of this like i'm not into sports i'm not into video games like this is all i care about so it's like it's easy for me to only do this you know like it's more than enough for me because i don't i've never really been into anything other than this you know yeah for sure so if you could change anything about the scene that the label exists in what would it be you've kind of touched on some stuff regarding like soundcloud plays and stuff like that as well i mean that could be your choice or anything yeah man. Uh, well, for one, I'm not completely sure of and I don't know if I want to be sure of what scene the label does exist in. I don't think I'm trying to create uh, our own scene more or less. Like I yeah. don't. There's a lot of beat labels. There's a lot of cassette labels. Most of them are kind of beat labels and I'm friends with them. I love what they do. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there's 
There's R&B labels, there's rap labels, there's more eclectic labels. I don't feel like I'm any of them, you know? And maybe, and, I, and sometimes I have to remind myself that the releases that are out are all I have out, you know? Cause there's like, okay, there's five out right now. But in my head, I'm thinking about the like 12 to 15 that I have signed and that will come out. So I have the full picture in my head and I'm like, why don't people see it? I'm like, oh yeah. Or, <laughs> I have, have it. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't even announced it or anything. But yeah. uh, I think, you know, maybe a year from now, I think people will see like really how much of an individual thing this this idea and this label uh, is. But, uh, but, so that aside, to answer the question, uh, what would I like to change? Just kind of about like the the scene in kind of a very general sense of just like other labels and other musicians and uh, radio shows, whatever that are doing yeah. things. Uh, I think me personally, I don't know. There's there's a lot of things. Like if it was just one thing, I probably wouldn't have started a label. I want to change pretty much everything about it. But let's let's just go off of the top. <laughs> uh, one As thing, always, <laughs> I think it's I think it's very important to include more women, uh, and I say that in just a very, just a very casual social way. Like I'm not trying to be a no, you know, uh, I'm not not even in a political sense. Like I'm not even yeah. a very political person. But just like, and generally, like my best friends are women. Like uh, you know, I have of course I have like close, you know you know homies as well but like just in general i'd rather hang out with women and 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 uh i could have just as intelligent and thoughtful uh conversations about music with women as i can about men oftentimes even more so and a lot of the if you look at a lot of labels rosters there's very like you can't i can't think of too many labels that have more than like one or two female artists and the rest are all dudes like uh and that's weird to me because like i've always grown up listening to as like for every d'angelo i listened to i listened to erica badu you know like there was always it was always like pretty much 50 50 and yeah. but i remember in high school like again you kind of still dealing with that phase of like trying to fit in but becoming an individual like i was talking about in middle school so you know i wouldn't really like me and all my homies were like listening to like slum village and the roots and common but they weren't really listening to Erica Badu or like, you know, like certain things they was just kind of looked as like, oh, that's gay or like, you know, why are you listening to a girl? Like, you know, she's yeah. singing about dudes, you know, but it's like, you're crazy. Like this it's album is amazing. Like, that. but you know, yeah, but you know, but that's, that's a young kind of, yeah, yeah. And I mean, you're learning how to be a man. You gotta, yeah, all that earthly like, yeah, but some guys never grow out of that phase. And, and I think some of that shit like still sticks with them, at least in a subliminal sense, where they're really like, yeah, I'm about the real shit. And real shit usually means like some man shit. Like, <laughs> I only want to make beats that like, and then they then they like throw a show and they're like, yo, how come there's no girls here? <laughs> like, how come it's all dudes? And it's like, because like you never thought about girls until this point. Like, you, and I'm not even saying you need to make uh, music differently like the whole mo better blues conversation that's at the beginning of the roots things fall apart like if you made the music that that black people like if you made the type of jazz that our people love then they would come like, you know that whole conversation like you don't need to make music for women that's a, that's an outdated idea you just need to think of women when you're presenting it and maybe you should work with a few women <laughs> when you're coming up with how to release it like there should be yeah, more understanding 
yeah, there should be more women working at labels. There should be more uh, female artists signed to labels that have mostly dude rosters. Like, that's weird to me. Like, why is that the case? Uh, so I would like to see a lot more diversity there. And also, in, like, festival lineups, when you look at them, it's like, 80 to 90 percent dudes and then like a few like kind of token you know females sprinkled in but yeah. uh yeah so that's one thing uh and maybe i'll just let that be the one the, the thing because i think i think that's a big one and i think again like uh <laughs> you know uh as i'm saying this i'm like okay the only so far all of my releases have been men except for lowly but me knowing the projects i have signed like by maybe this time next year i think the releases will be at the very least 50-50 between male and female artists, if not more female releases than male. So that's something I'm looking forward to is like, you know, just kind of evening out uh, that number of things. But uh, yeah, I think that's a big thing with me. And with the radio show, that's been another, it's like nothing I've ever said. I never said like, oh, I want to make a radio show for women, but it's just something I always, the intention I put behind it, I play a lot more songs that are a bit more emotional and deal more with like real life and a lot less bragging and a lot of lot less like shallow shit about you know bitches and hoes and things like that yeah and what i've found is that the majority of my audience just naturally without ever you know vocalizing it out loud is women and super cool girls like from all over the place who are just into really tight shit most of the people who hit me up like 75 percent of the feedback i get is from women such so as one of those like affirmations that like okay tight like what i'm doing like the, what what i wanted to do is what you know i'm getting out of it and what's coming back yeah, to it's me working yeah so i'm trying to like continue i feel like we're already doing that with the label but i'm trying to do that even more and i'm trying to you know get i'm trying i think like uh our fan base as a label is a lot more men than women so far just because off of certain you know artists that and especially the blog just kind of like a certain artist we've known to work with to date but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to to changing that and i would like to throw shows where you know like uh what's his name teddy pendergrass did a whole tour where it was only women were allowed and like really? damn i would be dope yeah i'm down to throw some shows like that i, I had no idea about that yeah that's that's another uh that's another great film that i think about a lot a documentary called a uh, super mensch it's a guy who was a uh, uh, manager and his his main artist that he managed was Alice Cooper, but he later went on to manage uh, Teddy Prendergast and he went to his shows and you know it was just kind of like it was male and female, but he would see the women going crazy, but they would kind of be holding back because they didn't want to go too nuts and they didn't feel really safe, really letting themselves go with kind of men in the audience like you don't really know you know who would kind of take advantage of you or whatever the case. So then he was like, yo, what if we did a tour of just women? And then these women just went nuts, like, you know, throwing panties on the stage, just really letting loose because they're in, a, they're in a, a safe environment that's conducive to that. And I think that's important. Like Lowleaf just recently said, and I think it's, it's a totally legit thing. It's a, a crazy thing for an artist to say, but with her, it makes perfect sense where she was, and this is a conversation me and her have had multiple times for the past few months. She gets frustrated when she's trying to play in a venue that's pretty much just a bar. Cause her live show, I mean, in the future she's gonna be playing with a band, but for right now her live show was just her 
acoustic with a with a harp and then playing you know keys and then beats it's like a pretty quiet intimate thing so if you're in a bar setting where there's like people just laughing and having like daily conversations in the background it's really distracting and not conducive to the audience so like now we're trying to think of places that make more sense for her to play that are conducive to her like teddy ben teddy pendergrass should be playing to a crowd of all women yeah. low should not be playing in a bar you know so yeah, yeah. that's like a, a big those, yeah so those are things i'm learning and trying to rethink how we approach things around yeah um it's really true what you're saying about women as well because i feel like the the promotion isn't there too the music yeah. is like people just say there's no women making music but that's not really the case that's bullshit yeah, I, yeah. Um, and i'm glad that's to learn argument. about like obviously you have like guys like i don't know talking monster and gavin threat who are, like releasing right project soon. and even with you them also have, and, oh, and i think even with them and this is something that i've and i'm not even saying this against them i'm saying i agree with them because i see them say the same thing like Toki monster has always been someone who's like she doesn't like when people call her a female producer or it, like it kind of like exotifies them like wow look at this girl she can make beats like yeah, yeah like she's a person like if you could do it she could do it you know she's not like she's not like like if a dog made a beat you'd be like damn that's crazy but like a woman making a beat should not be crazy to you like that should be very normal so like i think and i so i think it's important that when you promote artists you promote you you don't do it uh, and i was having this conversation with the artist uh, i'm gonna be releasing soon she's a really talented uh r&b singer and songwriter and she's kind of in the sir vein of things but from the female perspective where she's like really okay. more of like a radio r&b you know type uh yeah. sound more accessible and she makes her own beats and that and to me that's interesting again yeah because she's a woman but also because most uh most sing like most singers in that genre of that accessibility for one they don't write their own music and they for damn sure like damn near ever produce their own stuff like music so child and and Bilal and people like that they're not really making their own beats usually so even for men that's crazy so the fact that she's doing them like that's dope but me and her were having a conversation like how do we present that without being like look at the girl <laughs> you know who yeah, makes yeah. beats and just trying yeah, to be it's archaic um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know if you heard of this girl called Dot. Yeah, yeah, she's dope. She's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah I know her through a close friend of mine. Yeah, she's a member of Team Supreme, and she founded right. this uh, label called Unspeakable. Okay, which, uh, it's just oh, women. Yeah. It's just that's women. her. I didn't know that's her because she put out a she did a compilation that had a, a song with an artist that I, I might be working with, or just a friend of mine. Uh, Nana B is like a compilation of all women. I didn't realize that's crazy. I didn't realize that that was Dot doing that, but that's dope. Yeah, like that's dope, and I think that's cool. It's important for them to, for women to have ownership and to own their own companies, and I think that's like uh, a step into the right direction to do compilations that are all women. But to me, I think the true progress is when again, it's not a big deal that it's women doing it. It's just, it's just their right. It's true equality is when they could be presented. Like Chris Rock has a really um, poignant, I don't even know if it was part of his speech, I was talking like an interview, but he was yeah. saying that, like the, he was talking about racism in America, and he was saying like the most, uh, the hardest thing it is for an African-American to be is just like medium or like good. 
like most African Americans to be like to be a, a African American golf player, you got to be Tiger Woods. You got to be the best golf player of all times. You know, like you can't just be like good, like you know, or like or you know, obviously if you're bad, you don't even have a chance. But like you can't even just be good. Where a white guy could just be good and still be a professional golf player and still kill it. But to be like a black golf player, you got to be like ten times better than the white guy. So yeah. I, so for us, I think it's the same thing with women. Like they should just be equal. They should just like there should be some labels that just naturally have more women on it than men. Just like there's some labels that I don't think it's I don't think they're on purpose signing more men than women. It's just how it worked out. So at the mm. same time, there should be more labels that have, you know, more women than men. Like I think but I think that's really smart what she's doing. And I think it's important to kind of start there because it's like you know, the Black Panthers had to happen first where they own all their own shit. They're like, they're not taking shit from anyone. Yeah, they're it's the beginning, they're bringing it into conversation. And then, yeah, and then after the fact, then, you know, you could try to kind of have some more equality. Obviously, that still hasn't been achieved, but, you know, <laughs> we're getting there. We're but, taking, uh, everything's just taking a step towards it. Um, yeah, exactly. Even if people don't want to see it come to fruition yeah. for whatever reason, I have no idea. But yeah, it's going to happen. Then, it's gonna and again, happen. and I don't even think... I don't think it's a conscious thing. I don't think a lot of men, because again, I hear I hear this from artists all the time. Like, yo, how come when I play, it's all dudes here? Like, they don't want to play to all dudes, but they don't they don't think about it until they get to that point. And and then they're and then when you do try to market to women, like that's when like you know uh, on like a big major label type uh, rap release, you have the token song with the R&B singer like, oh, this is the song for the girls. Like, man, no, stupid. Like, that's just a bad song. Like, that doesn't mean that the girls are going to like it. Just make it, just make certain songs that are just like, that aren't, uh, that include women and that just aren't only talking from a male perspective or that are just like, just just from a certain, it's more of an intention than it is like, you have to make a certain type of thing. You don't have to like, put out an album. You don't have to, make advertisements with flowers and pink things and things like that to appeal to women you just gotta like just gotta think about them and and include them in the conversation and just have women on your team who say like yeah this is what i'm into like you know the same shit that you're into i am these are the things and just kind of figure it out from there like i think yeah i think it's just making it a more normal thing and less of a like oh this is my girl you know this is my girl artist and this is my girl song on my otherwise yeah, yeah. dude album you know like i think sir's album is a perfect example where like girls have been hitting have been hitting sub left and right just as much as men all of those songs it's not like the girl song and then the dude song all of them are just universal like any song that he's singing about a breakup it could like it applies from the women's side too it's not like yeah. oh this bitch left me like i'm the man i gotta earn my money and she you know stays at home and cook like all of them are just about like i love you it hurts yeah. broke up with me like that could be the woman too it's not all this yeah. like ooh, baby baby like kind of stuff and, you know and to go there it doesn't even have to be the straight perspective it, right. It just, like yeah. It's, it's universal. It applies to everybody, exactly. regardless of like. That's why Sir's music is so cool. You don't need to know his face. Exactly. You are him in a way. Exactly. <laughs> that's what I love it. That relatable. Yep. Yeah. And so, I think that's why it's so easy for him to write for other artists. Like Jill Scott could have sang any song on Seven Sundays, and it wouldn't have been. He wouldn't really have to change it to her perspective necessarily. You know. Yeah. Like it's just already that universal. Yeah. So, what artists should we be looking out for, both locally to you and globally? Uh, 
Whew. Uh, man, every, that's so that's the funny thing these days is because I used when I was a blog, I'd find a new artist and I'd be like, oh, great, something to post about, and I want to share it with the world. Uh, and now, waiting for the, the label in it. Yeah, now I'm like, <laughs> now I find a new artist, I'm like, this is amazing, I gotta sign them before anyone else does, and okay. then I can't really tell people about them until cool. the contract is, <laughs> you know, it's not yeah. nearly as fun, but it, and it but like, uh, but I'm finding all of these artists. And I've just been signing all of them. <laughs> I've signed a ridiculous amount of artists uh, in the past six months. And uh, my roster or my release schedule is bananas. I don't know how I'm going to pull it off, but somehow I'm going to pull it off. Uh, but uh, I'll give you a few <laughs> ones that are more immediate. And depending on when this interview airs or, or gets published, they might already come. Next releases, yeah? Yeah, these are just fresh okay. extra releases. This, this is this, that was my okay. You're kind of uh, breaking up, or can you hear that on my end too? No, 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 no you sound fine. But am I okay? Uh, it might just be my shitty headphones I got here, uh, but that's okay. I can still hear you. It's just kind of like some feedback. But uh, yeah, real quick, uh, some artists that I would say look out for. Okay, so okay, we'll talk about a few artists that aren't on the label then. How about that? <laughs> if, if you're gonna ask me about artists on the label, I'll kind of save my cheesy self promo for later. Uh, some artists who I really like in general, uh, who of course I am hoping to work with uh, through the label, but we just early in our conversations, we kind of get to know each other. Hopefully, no one hears this and signs them because I would suck. But no, 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 it's, it's cool. Uh, there's this uh, singer from Chicago. Her name is Via Rosa. She's incredible. I've been playing her songs on my radio show for the past like six months. She has like a SoundCloud account where she she uploads a new song like every week almost, and they're all really rough. Like I think she's just recording in like Garage Band on a cheap mic, you know, whatever the case. There's always some kind of fuzz to it, but just her writing and her melodies are incredible, and I'm super impressed with everything she puts out. Like sometimes she'll just loop up. She had one song where she just took a, a big loop from a Billy Idol song and just sang over it. And like, that's not something we could release, but the song is just so incredible that I that I want to, you know? Yeah. Uh, so she's an artist I'm super excited about. Uh, there's another artist, uh, Dodger. Uh, she's one of the few uh, Portland artists who like I think I am gonna you know work with as a label just because it fits in you know with what everything kind of the the mode I'm working in but she's like a really talented rapper and singer like I, I kind of explain her to people as like Chance the Rapper meets Missy Elliott in a really okay, dope okay. way where like even when she raps she's kind of singing because she's so melodic with it uh, but she's a really great you know writer and she's got bars you know for days but she has a certain amount of melody with it, which is, you know, really what I'm into uh, naturally and have been for a minute. But especially now, I'm super focused on like melody and songwriting. Uh, but yeah, those two, I think, are two big ones. Uh, also, John Bapp is a really dope, uh, kind of like a singer, one man band kind of lo-fi rock dude and then he's in this other group called the get money squad which is a really cool like surf rock uh side project with him and his brother so yeah i think between those three if you look them up that should keep you busy for uh, a good amount of time because they all have a lot of material out between them so yeah. via rosa dodger it's d-o-d-g-r uh she GR. And she, she goes by the last artful Dodger. Uh, and then John Bapp is J O N 
B-A-P. Uh, those three, I think. Of course, I'm trying to sign all three of them, but we'll see how it goes okay. <laughs> with each one. Uh, yeah, those those would be my three recommendations off top. Cool, I just followed it. Cool. <laughs> I'm tired. Dope, man. Cool. So, yeah, your journey is a big inspiration for guys like myself. What advice would you pass on to people who want to work so closely with music as a day job? Yeah, I mean, really, my only... Uh, my only advice would just kind of come off as cliche and corny because of how generic it is but like it's true and it's really just how i've you know gotten by but it's just like just figure it just know yourself and know exactly what you're into and really try to uh hone in your taste and really be self analytical and self-aware of what you like and where that fits into what everyone else likes and then once you figure that out then just follow that and just really focus on it and don't be scared to pivot it as opportunities come your way like it's not like i've had i had a clear idea what the label was going to be then something else came around i was like oh that's better and i changed that <laughs> i didn't change the idea i just oh i expanded the idea to include that as well and then someone else came along like yo did you know you can make money from doing it this way too i'm like no i had no idea so i expanded it towards that so yeah i think it's just really important to like uh to really be self-critical and to really kind of, uh, a lot of people work uh, best through collaboration and kind of like an iron sharpens iron kind of way and kind of a collective. So if that's your thing, then do that. That's kind of like the big thing these days, is a lot of collectives and crews. So if you're that type of personality, by all means, find your crew and kind of get that going. But me personally, I've always just been like really, uh, you know, kept to myself and just really, a collective of one so with that you you really have to be tough on yourself and to really look at yourself from an outside perspective and see how you come across and and i have my certain guilty pleasures of things that i that really appeal to me but i i do my best to work them into the label but not every time does it work you know yeah. so you need to be self-aware of that uh but yeah more than anything it's just like be honest uh, and be very sincere about what you love and whatever it is and just w in whatever situation just try to figure out what is the right thing to do not even necessarily for yourself but for like I always look at each project as like a person and I'm like it's my responsibility like a child you know like what's best for this project even if it's gonna hurt me or even sometimes you know unfortunately it might it might hurt the artist or not hurt the artist but it might not be it might make them slower money or it might be something you know like certain things that make things harder for the artist but if it's better for the project I feel like you need to do it yeah. for that to treat the thing as the thing and put that first above yourself you know so i try to do what's best for the label and then specifically what's best for the release if like the artist needs the album to come out next month because they need to pay rent but the label need but the the the, re the release needs two to three months to be introduced to an audience you gotta put it out in the two to three months like if you can pay the artist from your own pocket and take that hurt take that hit yourself so that they can pay rent because of course people gotta live but like do what you can to not you know sacrifice for the greater good of the music you know because that's what all of this is about yeah man that's great advice right there <laughs> 
So yeah, what are Fresh Select's plans for the next 12 months? Oof. Uh, <laughs> that's a lot. It sounds uh, like it. Yeah, the, the plan is to pull off uh, about like 10 miracles. Uh, within those <laughs> miracles, I mean, really, it's just releases. Like, I'm so... And that's why it's been helpful to kind of have people uh, offering their services and kind of adding on to the team because I could be so tunnel vision that other people are like, yo, you need to expand into this area of business or this area of business to grow. And I'm like, oh, that's dope. Can you help me with that? Because I'm just so focused on signing amazing releases, making those albums the best that they possibly can be, getting them artwork and then promoting them. Like, that's all I really can think about right now you know anything outside of that is just kind of like a luxury that i can't really afford quite yet just time wise and usually money wise too uh but so yeah my plans are just lots and lots of releases each one of them you know better well not not that's not true not better than the next but all of them consistent just super quality you know yeah uh so if you uh i don't i <laughs> I, I try not to announce uh, anything that's not like fully Concrete. you know done yeah but yeah. like the i could i could talk about the next the immediate next few uh if you want to go down that road why not mr okay cool I'm curious anyways yeah of yeah i think next up we're gonna kind of going back full circle to the original uh plan for the label i'm gonna do a, a beat tape with Amano omari uh we're re-releasing two uh, beat tapes that he had put on Bandcamp for a little bit and then took down uh, high loops and higher loops We're doing those kind of breatharian style with new artwork bonus tracks He's gonna do a guest mix for the show uh, Just kind of take that whole approach with things to kind of go back to square one before we continue to grow And then after that we have uh, two uh, Acts from London one of them. I was talking about earlier uh, Emma V. She's a really dope. I was uh, thinking it was her man yeah, yeah, I, I mean, because like, yesterday I was just listening to someone, I was like, man, she produces all this music yeah, and it sounds so good. She she is amazing and she's a friend with one of my friends called Marie Dalstrom. He's an Avalanche oh. singer who's really good as well. Yo, I, I'm going to check him out now because I'm on the hunt. I got all these artists, but I'm always looking for more. So I'm going to text me that next. I'm going to hit you up right now. But yeah, Emma V, uh, I'm putting out her. Uh, she's calling it EP. I don't really, I just call everything a project. I don't really treat EPs too differently than albums. Uh, it's called Honeymoon. She's already released two singles from it. So I'm going to help her release the next few. And it's going to be a pretty quick turnaround. That's going to be coming out hopefully like October at the latest and then uh, I have a, a, another group uh, from London uh, another artist you know she's a solo artist I have a group from London uh, equals uh, where it's a singer Ade super talented he used to sing and tour uh, background singing for uh, Amy Winehouse and wow. he's out with the new like Matthew Herbert album he was all over the the kindness album uh, it's him and a producer James Delo and it's a really dope kind of like churchy soul singing over kind of like London style bass music uh, so that's a, yeah that's a really cool EP that should be out I think in like September too that's gonna be pretty quick just kind of like I'm trying to be like so far it's been like a year and a half and I've put out five releases yeah. and that's the biggest regret and there was a lot of downtime like we put out Coltrane in December and then we had like a Dolphin single in April and then Sir's album in July there was kind of nothing in between so I'm thankful for the radio show to kind of keep the name out there while we kind of were 
I was just kind of trying to reorganize. Yeah, exactly. In a very literal sense. Uh, that's the perfect way to put it. Uh, so now the future is a bit more secure. So I'm just trying to <laughs> rapid fire, put out projects, hopefully. But it's kind of an experiment. I've been really slow and careful so far. I'm about to throw all that out the window and put out like uh, one, maybe two releases a month and see if people wow. can keep that. Okay. But like the quality level will be there, mm. but it's going to be a bit, all it's going to be a, a mono Mario on the like super stoner loops, like real lo fi beat tape. Yeah. Then equals, which is really polished bass music, soul singing, MV, really polished RB from a female perspective. And then I got a. Uh, it's a really amazing artist, uh, A Race of Angels. Uh, he's a really interesting story where he put out this EP in, I think, 2004, 2005, called uh, Broadcast Number One. And it's one of these projects that, like, it probably, like, only a thousand or so people ever heard it, but everyone who heard it agrees that it's one of the most amazing projects from that era. He was kind of, like, in that era of, like, Jay Davey and Sara and PPP, and yeah. he, he kind of was a part of that in a way, but he didn't sound like any of them, so I think it, he kind of, like faded to the background a little bit but he kind of he put that out and then he kind of faded to the background and no one ever really heard from him again he like put out like one single on itunes a few years later an ep with another producer gb a few years later a song on a compilation but he's always just been kind of like mysterious and uh funny even before i started the label i reached out to him and I was like, yo, man, I'm going to start a label. <laughs> I think I'm going to start a label. If I do, would you would you be down to put out a release with me? And he was just kind of like, yeah, I guess. Like, you know, whatever. Hit me up when you actually have a label. I was like, no, I'm serious, though. I'm going. He's like, yeah, whatever. So I started the label. And then I kind of forgot about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, a race of angels. <laughs> and I went back to my email and reached out to him. Like, yo, I did it. Like, you still down? He was like, yeah. And he started sending me music. And it was amazing. Uh, so we're going to be putting out his project. That's going to be kind of a slower rollout where we'll do like a single that's not on the album, then other songs that aren't on the album and then lead up. But his album is like really interesting arrangements. It's like more orchestral, kind of soul, sophisticated songwriting. But I'm excited for a Race of Angels album. And uh, maybe that's it. Maybe I'll stop there. I think that's enough to... to <laughs> cast over, yeah. Or maybe, okay, one more. Uh, I got... Uh, <laughs> Cause I know, I know, I know he's gonna listen. I know he's gonna get mad because I haven't mentioned him so far. He gets real mad when I don't talk about him. So, uh, oh. Dolphin, uh, he he's someone where we put out a single with him. Like I said, uh, in like I think April of this year, a song called Young Black Minds, and that was really we didn't really plan it that way. We just kind of put it out because it was the strongest song that we both felt like for the time. And he's from Baltimore. And then all the stuff started happening with kind of the, the protests and the police situation in Baltimore, just like it is in, you know, pretty much every other city right now. But, uh, but it was kind of timely for that. And a lot of people kind of tied it in with what was going on over there. But uh, he, we've been working on his album since even before I had the label. We finished the album and then we just scrapped it because it sounded a bit outdated to us. Kind of like the YG project I was talking about. It was like... It wasn't old enough to, to be nostalgic, but it didn't sound like it was from right now, you know? So he he then went back and created a whole new album. So uh, we have a, a Dolphin album coming out within the next few months as well. So I'll leave it at that. Dolphin, MOV equals A Race of Angels, and Amano Mari. Dope. 
that's already looking real good and that's just the next couple of months yeah then like early 2016 it's like new low leaf album new people you <laughs> art, artists that you guys are aware of that are way too big to be on my label but somehow they said yes i just sometimes i just reach for the stars and people are like yeah okay i'm like really okay so i got i got some releases from people that are way out of my range but yeah. we're gonna try to rise to the occasion that sounds good man cool what challenges and changes did you face in turning fresh selects into a true record label i really just I don't feel like I really had too many because I've always kept Fresh Selects as a very vague and undefined thing. Uh, I think that's kind of worked against me. Uh, like, cause it's always, I never wanted to call it just a blog and it wasn't a music website. And then towards the end of kind of the blog era, uh, which I can kind of call it now, but at the time, like I, uh, towards the end, I was like creating original content, like the stuff you talked about, like releases or just kind of like singles and stuff that Knowledge would do or DiBiase or, you know, different people like that. So I was kind of treating it like a digital label, but I wasn't a label. So it was always just kind of this loosely defined thing. It wasn't until I started the label that I was then able to just be like, yo, this is what I am. And people would always be like, yeah, that guy Kenny, like, I know he does something. Like, what does he do? Like people in Portland would always be like, who the fuck is that guy? Like, what does he do? And no one could really ever give them an answer. And I couldn't give them an answer. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of like, I have a website. I kind of do whatever comes up. I used to throw shows. Like, it's just kind of this long answer. But now it's like, Fresh Selects is a record label. Kenny is the owner of the label. He has a radio show. Like, it's easy to define. So if anything, it made a lot of things easier, to be real. Uh, so yeah, the only challenges were just kind of, were just money which is just a challenge in life and <laughs> something, you know, I always struggle with because again, like if I don't create anything myself, one of the only things a label can provide an artist, especially in the artist's mind, I know is more to it. And it's a lot of strategy and just being uh, a second opinion on kind of all the things we talked about, album sequencing, artwork, and how important that is. But to them, they're like, I could do this myself. What do you have for me? Do you have some money you could put into this? Because I don't. So if I don't have money, I don't really have much to offer them. So that's been the biggest thing, you know, holding me back. So that's something that, of course, we're trying to get more of so we can do things more efficiently. That would be the only kind of uh, holdback. But that's why we started really small. We started with the cassettes. I kind of, you know, I've been taking it with baby steps, a few hundred dollars at a time and then a few thousand dollars and then low leaf had already done some albums on vinyl so she you know vinyl's kind of like a level so she had like reached that level she's like my other releases are on vinyl but this album should be on vinyl and i was like yeah i'm not really a label that can do vinyl yet so if you could like and I, you know i thank her for doing this she was patient with me and i was like let's put it out on digital and cassette and if we could sell enough to you know so to have the money to put it on vinyl, then of course I would love to do it on vinyl. And we set a goal, we reached that goal, and now I'm a label that could do vinyl, you know? Yeah. So so it's just been baby steps, because I can't, I can't put $10,000, $20,000 into a release just as like, just off of intuition and not like have the numbers to back it. Because if I lose that, like I'm done, you know? Yeah. It's done. So it's been that's, like- That's hard, man. It's almost yeah. like living, living on the edge. 
it is yeah very very rarely and it's, it's i've come real close to that edge uh, a few times now but now i'm not scared because i've been i've been over the edge i've been on the edge of it and now i know what it is on all sides and i know i can come back no matter what happens but uh but yeah so just kind of like just trying to keep up with my own growth and my own potential like i said i'm like signing releases that are a bit out of my league trying to get, trying to get into that league real quick yeah. uh, so that it works but uh yeah i mean it, so it's, it's getting harder now but initially on that first release it was easy it was just like yeah just pay a few hundred bucks put it on cassette tell everyone i'm starting a label everyone's excited about it everyone just wants to support it's the first thing I, it's the first time i ever sold anything you know people been i've been giving away free music for five years at that point it's the first time i ever been like hey you give me ten dollars for this thing and so you know i think people were thankfully you know uh down to do that so but now i'm like can you give me ten dollars every month for all these different releases so it's getting you know a bit more of an ask but that's why we're trying to get more people <laughs> that we could ask that of but uh yeah so it's getting harder as we go it's getting harder and it's getting easier at the same time you know mm. so uh it's 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 an interesting story that I'm I'm watching from uh, outside myself as as it's happening to me. You know, I'm curious where it's all gonna where it's all gonna lead myself. As are we? <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting you say that about the the ten like dollars multiple times a month thing now because uh, a couple of different platforms, including Bandcamp, have started to introduce subscriptions, haven't they? Yeah, um, and I think it's an interesting, interesting idea. idea. I don't it know how, what the potential is like there, but it's just interesting. Yeah, I don't really know either. Like, cause me as a fan, I've I'm not really I haven't signed up for any of them because I'm super. There's not really any label that I've ever bought every release by. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I want my label to be of that consistency caliber. and cohesion. Yeah, and caliber where people do feel secure in that. But and but like you know, different tastes. Yeah, I mean, but, I, feel but, like, I, I don't want to limit myself. But I think I think you know I haven't really thought about it too much because things were moving so slow with releases but with how frequent things are it is something that maybe i'll kind of spend more time to to think about and see if we could do something like that yeah. but uh yeah i think i think that's one of the cool things about music right now uh you know the downside is that music is just not working at the moment the the act of selling music is like just a downward spiral yeah. but with that people are open to innovation and there's a lot of room for creative thought so but again, I'm just so tunnel vision focused on like sign artists, make a great album with them, present that great album to the people in the best way that is best for that album, you know? Yeah. So I'm I'm so focused in that and I'm doing it all myself. That I don't really have time to like sit back and be like, how can I just throw all the rules out and just present something in a brand new way? Uh, so I'm trying to kind of surround myself with people who do have the time and are more creative than I am, <laughs> uh, and can you know, and can think of some things because I'm definitely open to have some fun and to do some brand new shit that you know hasn't been done before. But sure. all I care about is just putting out great music, you know. Yeah, man. Doing what you love. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that's it for the questions. <laughs> okay, cool. That, yeah, that, that interview flew, man. Like for a guy <laughs> yeah. who's just fifty-five minutes, like that one went by. But uh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Enjoy your yeah, night, no dude. Problem. Take it easy. All right, man. Take care. Peace. Peace.